Tag me in, brother. What up? And after you're finished tagging me in. Yeah. No, maybe I fucked this up. No, I definitely fucked this up. What I should have said was... What I should have said was... Yep. Hey, Hey, yo. uh, Thank you for reminding me because I need to buy some things on Amazon. Uh, Off Amazon? On Amazon? Whatever. I think I'm going to buy some uh, toothpicks. Toothpicks? Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, hey, yo, Alexa. Uh, I don't think I would do that. No. (laughs) No, who texted me? Uh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I hate Alexa. You gotta stop. You gotta stop wiggling back and forth in front of this mic. Oh, uh, that's not great. That's not great. I gotta edit this shit. Hey yo. Hey yo. Say hello to this themed episode about recently deceased professional wrestler Scott Hall. Is that how you're going to phrase that? <laughs> recently. What's What's wrong? What are you like a coroner? <laughs> the guy who did the autopsy. It was either that or say goodbye to the bad guy. That That's. I think that's way more appropriate. You think that's more touching? Say hello when he's dead. <laughs> Respectfully. Oh, boy. No, but yes. It's going to be a touchy episode because, you know, we're, we're kind of irreverent as a... Mm, it's kind mm-hmm. of the, t- the tone of the show and we're talking about yeah. a guy that we both actually liked. My first memories of wrestling are Scott Hall. Really? I didn't know that. I... So, I posted somewhere about... It. I told someone about this. I forgot who, who or what it was. I had this memory. It was like early 90s in my parents' home, obviously. No shit. They had an attic. And I remember being up there watching wrestling and the timeline doesn't make like the memory is definitely a bunch of memories together right because like timeline wise it doesn't make much sense that this would have you know how many people are in prison because of that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm I'm being curious i'm glad the outtake from before where i was like i met a woman she had blood on her hands yes like is not in this uh anyways but But uh, now you've introduced (laughs) it into, into evidence just like bleep it um but no, my, my first memories of wrestling are in, in that attic. I was on like a exercise bike. And the memory is Scott Hall wrestling somebody on Superstars. This is why it doesn't make any sense. And there's a, like he was on a ladder. I don't think that match ever happened. So what I think I, what it is is like I seen the ladder match. And then I saw him on Superstars around the same time. And so when I think back to that memory, it's they're kind of like t- together. But... It all it all is Scott Hall, not Shawn Michaels, not Brett, because I know they there was a ladder match before the big one, right? Uh, it was Scott on a ladder, and that that's the memory I have. You know, maybe maybe this is real. I mean, maybe cause they did have a rematch. Who? Uh, Scott Hall and Shawn. Oh, yeah, the second ladder match on Superstars. No, but I'm saying maybe they did something where Scott like squashed a jobber in a in a like a, uh, maybe. Like a maybe. ladder thing to kind of It's possible. It's possible. That's the thing that sticks out to me the most is And you're saying Scott Hall, but I if, It's Razor. It, it was Razor. Uh, it was the bad guy. The bad guy. The bad guy. Man, who knew that he wasn't Cuban, huh? <laughs> or, People uh, with eyes? I mean I didn't know any Cubans when I was <laughs> When I was like six, as far as I know, um, you're like, yeah, these Cuban. I know everything about Cubans. They chew, even, they chew on toothpicks. And they're I don't very think pale. I even knew what he was supposed to be. Like I didn't know he was supposed to be like. A, a, well, if you're si- if you're six, you hadn't seen Scarface, so that's true. <laughs> I'm 33. I still haven't seen Scarface. It's all right. I'm okay. It's right. Actually, you know what's pretty good is the original one from like 1931 that nobody has seen since the Brian De Palma mm-hmm. Scarface sure. came out. And kind of like, you know, it's 
very graphic and sure. very violent and drugs and nudity and whatever else. But the 1931 version is actually a much creepier and I want to say psychological profile mm. of the kind of person who becomes a career criminal. Scott Hall. Well, Imagine that's what the plot twist was. The movie's all about how to become Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The, the, the 1931 version of Scarface is all about pro wrestling. It predicted the birth of Scott Hall. Yeah. And then the death. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, no, so Scott Hall had no idea what he was supposed to... He was a bad guy, I get that. Didn't know he was supposed to be Cuban, didn't understand Scarface. He likes, reference. He likes razors. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. For cutting lines of cocaine, which five-year-olds should not know about. <laughs> Can I tell you something right now? I didn't make that connection until right now. <laughs> I didn't... I never once thought, oh, razors, cocaine, that's how you, uh, you know... Wow. I mean, wow. they might as well have called him Mirrored Tabletop Manuel. Oh, my God. Um, banger song, by the way. His entrance song is fucking fantastic. Well, it became the Stone Cold Steve Austin song. Huh? Yeah. That's right. Except it's like a guy banging on an empty soup can. Is that like a Doug song? Yes! Drum it on a trash can, bang it on a streetlight. Yeah, Scott Hall, the Doug Funny of pro wrestling. You know who kind of looks like Doug Funny? Cody Hall. Yo, he does. So just we, like, a, just kind of a, a big pink oval. I, we a were, series of pink ovals. Prior to recording, we looked at the photos, and yeah, you're totally... Very Doug Funny. I guess I'll tell you my first memory of Scott Hall. Please do. It was WCW NWO mm-hmm. World Tour. I don't know if we've talked about my very early wrestling years, but... My very first wrestling memory is actually Bam Bam Bigelow, probably also on Superstars. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, if you see Bam Bam Bigelow, you can't forget fucking not. forget Bam Bam Bigelow, right? So, him I remembered. I used to watch Superstars with my older brother a little bit. And I really got into wrestling around 1997 mm-hmm. with WCW NWO World Tour because I was at my cousin's house. He had the N64. I didn't have an N64 yet. Yeah. And he wanted to play that game. I guess he was into wrestling because of the Attitude Era. Of course, I fell in love with it, and I'm still in love with it. But I'm going through, and I'm seeing all these different guys, and I see the NWO. And I see these guys, and I'm cycling through the alternate attires. Yeah. I'm like, these motherfuckers got on black t-shirts and blue jeans and sun- like black Oakley sunglasses. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So cool. Everybody else is just out there in, in tights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, come on. So you didn't remember Razor? I might have missed Razor. Cause when did he come in? Late 93? Something like that. 93? Yeah, I think so. So I probably... When I first was watching wrestling, it was probably like 92. Okay. So Bam Bam, in his in this run, whatever it was, I remember seeing him squash jobbers, but I don't remember Razor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would go back and, and watch Razor, but I was first introduced to the character of Scott Hall, and therefore Razor, in this video game. And Kevin Nash was my favorite guy, of course. I would later find out there are many reasons to love Kevin Nash. But at the time, my favorite thing about Kevin Nash was that he had the strong strike Mm -hmm. that could knock people out. Yes. It was like a knockout punch, like Mm -hmm. a a Mark Jindrak-style knockout punch. Surprised you didn't go with the Big Show. The Big Show? I was going to say Big Show, and then I remember that they gave Mark Jindrak the same gimmick. Marco Corleone? Marco Corleone. There you go. Another exactly. uh, mild Another, mm-hmm. figure. 
An underworld figure. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Nash had this strong strike. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you were supposed to finish people with the, the powerbomb. Sure. He had this strong strike, and if it hit right, it would make this sound effect like two pieces of concrete smacking mm. together, and the person would go down like a sack of potatoes, and then they would do that super satisfying Nintendo 64 AKI THQ sure. wrestling game thing where it was like they were trying to get up, but yeah. they were glued to the ground. Love it. And they were like, yeah, and then they would just pass out. Beautiful. That animation was so satisfying to me, and the sound of like concrete on concrete, like, yeah. so, so good. So I fell in love with Kevin Nash, and I started watching WCW, and that's when I learned that Kevin Nash had his tag team partner, Scott Hall, and I found out there were wrestling games for the Super Nintendo, which I was still working with. Yeah. That's when I learned about Razor Ramon mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in WWF WrestleMania Arcade yes. Challenge or whatever yep, it was yep, yep. with the Mortal Kombat graphics. Uh -huh. And he's got literal Razor arms, mm -hmm. like hands that that morph into knives. Makes sense. Super cool. Knife yep. Edge Chop. I don't think Scott Hall <laughs> actually did Knife Edge Chops. So video games, that's interesting. You were kind of introduced to Scott Hall through video games. Yeah, and then if this was 97 into 98 and... What he was doing at the time was he had betrayed Kevin Nash. I know. You know what they say about turning your back? Don't do it. He might end up in a body bag. <laughs> Good fucking Christ. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's in the song. It's... So he did turn his back on Kevin Nash mm -hmm. and joined NWO Hollywood. Mm. And they did the storyline where... He was drunk. You remember this? He wrestled Kevin Nash on pay-per-view. That's literally like all of his storylines, but yes. But he wrestled Kevin Nash on pay-per-view. And Kevin Nash like was powerbombing him and pantomiming drinking a beer while he did yeah. it. And then he powerbombed him like ten times. Like sure. fucking Wardlow. Yeah. Wardlow's dad. And then left him in the ring and took a count-out loss. Well, that's tough love. Yeah. But then Scott Hall is the guy who helped Kevin Nash end Goldberg's streak with the legendary cattle prod. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought that was a great way to end that uh, streak. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No, I actually thought it was cool at the time, because I was like 11. Well, also, at the time, this gets forgotten a lot, the Wolfpack was so over. So over. You had Listen, if you can get Sting to change up his colors, you know you're over. Dog, dick, Sting forever. Dog, dick, Sting? Is that like, what is, is it like? Is the, this like the bright red face paint? Yeah. Oh, you're saying that dog's dicks are red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never looked at a dog's dick. Oh, no, you never seen a dog's dick? Why would I have? I don't know. You never had I've a dog? I've looked at a lot of other dicks. <laughs> but not, not a, uh, a dog's not, not penis. A, not, a, not a penis of the can. Is it called variety. a penis of a dog? Yes, what the fuck else would it be? I don't fucking know. They're like, mammals. So you're telling me that a penis is a penis anywhere? That's the name, like, like a... <laughs> Listen, a penis is a penis in any arena around the world. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, the main offense in any arena like, in this I don't country. think fishy, fishies, fishes, fish eye, plural of fish, they have penises? According to the Oscar-winning film, The Shape of Water, they do. They do. I did see that movie in the theater. But we talked about this, weirdly enough, in another episode, where the fish man has a penis, and she, like, pantomimes it. She, she like does. and she's like it's like this and I'm like eh, okay but it's so weird that that's come up more than one time well, but you say dick dog red whatever you just said to me dog I said dog dick sting whatever you said to me uh, so yes to answer your question dogs have dicks dogs have mammals yes all mammals have dicks 
I know that. I'm just saying. A lot of the male mammals have dicks. Here's, let me explain why people think I'm smart. I'm not. As you're learning right now. But when I was a kid. Uh-huh. You knew I, all about animal dicks. No, I, I refused. It's cool. <laughs> I was like, I can't be a Muslim. Uh, <laughs> may, I be, may I be excused? Yes. Dog dicks are haram. You know, I wasn't supposed to be, uh, I, was, I was asked by my parents not to be in the sex ed like the week of sex ed that they would do, like in just one week, whatever it was. I forget, like I don't know if it was a like one day or one class. It doesn't matter. It's been one week of celibacy. Yeah, it's been a longer than that. Um, but anyways, about um, what are we talking about? Scott Hall. You know, dog dicks. Dog dicks. But after that, uh, sex ed is haram. Something else. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Uh-huh. He just, yeah, we yes. You gotta get this in. Uh-huh. Um, so Tylenol is a medicine. You've heard of it. I've taken it. Yeah, I thought Tylenol, because I only ever heard my parents use the word Tylenol. I thought it was like Urdu, uh-huh. and like was not a like a like an English <laughs> word. So I would go to school like, with a headache. Hey, uh, my head hurts, and my parents give me this thing. It's like, it's like from my culture. <laughs> it's called Tylenol. <laughs> Tylenol, and uh, the nurse quickly let me know that no, that's a brand name. Again, I'm not smart. Tylenol from from the subcontinent. People think if you have glasses, you're smart. No, <laughs> it just means you can't see anything. Yeah, I watch a lot of TV up close, <laughs> and I watch a lot of TV with Scott Hall related. Boom, segue back in, baby. Boom, we got it. Yeah, keep this in. I want to let the Tylenol story out there. So Scott Hall, you were introduced to him through video game. For me, it was TV, but another Scott Hall. Uh, a moment in my life that is actually pretty formative, I guess, was when he showed up on WCW as Scott Hall, right? Yes. That was the moment where I knew wrestling was, like, not real. He's like, up until then... You knew him as Razor. I knew him as Razor, and, like, I, I of course, I thought wrestling was real or whatever. And then, like, once I saw... Because I even Kevin Nash... You know, I don't think I even knew Kevin Nash was in, was in WCW at the time, or was... He came later. Get, yeah, but timelines get weird because, like, it's been so long. Right. But once I saw Scott, and it was, like, on a WCW Saturday night. So I think I think Nash was already in. It doesn't matter. Okay. But I'm like, oh, like, this is a show. Rather than, like, this is, like, real life or a sport. I don't know what I really thought wrestling was. But once he showed up, that's when I knew wrestling was, like, you know, work or, like, it was fake. And that was crazy that, you know, just, like, the appearance of one person – on another show, which, like, by the way, like, this what this is the kind of impetus of, like, everyone jumping companies, right? right? So, I, that's a weird one for me, is that he was the reason I knew wrestling was not real. It's interesting that he's so formative in both of our wrestling fandom, despite the fact that I don't think you or I would say he's one of our guys. He was as a kid. Really, for you? So, it was Sean, number one, always. Okay, so, like, before 99... I would have said Sean, Sting, Nash and Hall, and I would have struggled for like the last one. I I don't I, I love Sean so much that like I didn't really pay attention to many other people. Uh, maybe Jericho. I was really big. big I was a Jericho. huge Jericho holic. Yeah. Like ninety nine two thousand. I remember being on the internet ninety eight I guess, and the spoilers would be out there, and like there's like oh my god Chris Jericho's gonna show up. And I was, like, obsessed with Jericho. Because I... I'm sure you did this as a kid, too. Like, you have your favorite. And then you would watch newer guys. 
And if they, like, sort of reminded you of your favorite, it's like, oh, this is, like, the next. Right. Right? And, like, Jericho is, like, the next Shawn Michaels. Like, long hair, athletic, a personality. But, yeah, Jer- Jericho is my fifth. But Hall was definitely up there. Not, like, in ring. I mean, I don't think I would rank him there now, but for sure as a kid. So, for me, it was, it was Nash. It was Michaels. It was Billy Kidman for some reason. That's interesting. I loved Billy Kidman. So did Tori Wilson. Yeah. All things must pass. Ultimo Dragon. Okay. Loved me some Ultimo Dragon. I also weirdly loved Lismark Jr. Who? Lismark Jr. He's the blue luchador from WCW. I don't know. I'll look at it later. And Chris Jericho, of course. So I liked Scott Hall. Yeah. But I liked Scott Hall for his proximity to Kevin Nash. So what's funny about that is same, right? Like, the National are great. The Outsiders. Outsiders was one of my first AOL screen names. Outsider 626. Message me, please. <laughs> uh, but, like, I would compare Hall and Nash because they're together. Well, I, I think I knew Nash wasn't a great wrestler, you know? But, like, I thought Hall was great in comparison. I mean, Hall was great. Hall was great, but, like, especially now when you, like, the style, you know, the style is different, obviously. But I remember thinking Scott Hall was, like, one of the best. It's so interesting that he had his, arguably his biggest success as part of this unit with Nash in the NWO. Mm-hmm. I think you could probably argue that he had his best singles run as Razor. Yes. But... He was primarily a tag wrestler in WCW. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when wrestling was at its hottest, he was very much part of a larger unit, whether that was... The Outsiders, whether that was the NWO original power trio, sure. whether that was the Wolfpack or the Black and White. Are you going to ignore NWO 2000? He was also in NWO 2000 as as one of many guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not must-watch wrestling content no. in WCW when he was theoretically at his hottest, at his most yeah. successful. And it's so interesting that despite the fact that he kicked off the wave... Mm-hmm. That led to that great success. He kind of becomes lost in the shuffle. Now, part part of that is because of his personal struggles. I'm sure sure. they were kind of reaching a breaking point during this time. But also the proximity to Nash. I think even though they were such a great team, kind of hurt him in comparison because Scott Hall is was an enormous man. He's like a legit six foot six or six foot seven. Sure, like nearing 300 pounds, mm-hmm. but he's always standing next to a guy who's seven feet tall. To this day, my grandmother remembers Kevin Nash and the like the NWO guys that I used to always sure. talk about when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And she always refers to Kevin Nash and the little guy. Scott Hall, six foot seven. Not a little, not a little guy at all. <laughs> not a little guy at all. But... We don't necessarily think of him as a, a huge guy, sure. but he was. Well, he B- was like Undertaker sized. Billy Gunn's the same thing, right? Yeah. Billy Gunn, uh, obviously, he didn't tag with a huge guy, but he's in a company with gigantic people in, in the Attitude Era. But you see him in AEW; like he towers over every. Like I think he's like bigger than Wardlow for sure. Oh, Wardlow's not even that big. Wardlow's like six two. Yeah. So. Hall, Hall definitely, I would, I would even say it's not just that. I think for sure, like, when you're teaming with Nash, it's like the size difference. But, like, Nash is such a, I want to say great talker. He's a very intriguing talker. And so... 
when your partner also is like has a gift for the gab and like very witty and clever. Skyler also witty, clever guy, but you got Kevin Nash who like I think is like slightly more uh, impressive to me at least in, in, in that regard. So even the talking, he was kind of second fiddle. So to me. I think. And I don't intend for this to be the Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall episode, but I think it's part of a, of a big question, which is why did Scott Hall plateau? Because if you look at Scott Hall on paper, he should have been one of the all-time greats. Yep. If you look at the size, you look at the charisma, you look at the skill, mm-hmm. the character work, like the, the guy... The psychology of the guy apparently had a great mind. Right. If you want to think of this in like Bret Hart's terms, where he rates guys on like a 30-point scale, sure. it's like look, technique... And talk, right? Bret Hart talking about talk is insane. Well, he rates himself at like a 24 or something. Out of 30? Yeah. For talking? No, 30 overall. Got it. So he's giving himself like a great look, great technique, and terrible promo. Okay, at least he knows that. But then if he's rating Hogan, it's like 10 for a look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure, sure. Four for promo, and then zero for work rate. So he's pretty strict. It, yeah. Like, we joke a lot about Bret Hart and, like, you know, fawning over himself and his own his own work and his career. Yeah, yeah. But to his credit, Bret Hart does not rate himself as the, like, the ideal 30-point wrestler. No, but he... puts he, himself at, like, 24, 12, which, I, if you have to say 30 is, like, the best you could get as a wrestler, Bret Hart should be cracking 20. Fair, fair. It's just, I don't want Bret Hart to be the one rating himself. Right. Because this is like the Bret Hart, it's like the most Bret Hart thing you can do. <laughs> right. It's like, how great am I? And I'll have some false humility about my my promo ability. I'll be honest with you, I think Bret probably underrates his promos because if you take into account the anti-American promos sure. from like 98, like where he's really feeling it, yeah, he's really feeling yeah. that venom, Bret had some fucking all-time promos. He's just like an awkward delivery. I, I think that's more than anything, also like, I'm not a fan of, like, white meat baby faces. So, like, he was white meat baby face for quite a while. True. It just doesn't interest me. But you know who doesn't like Bret Hart? Scott Hall. I Sc- watched so many YouTube videos <laughs> today, interviews with Hall and Nash, and, like, Bret gets brought up a fair amount. Uh-huh. And it's just like, Bret's a mark for himself. And Scott- he is. Scott Hall is the, the source for my favorite Bret Hart story, which is that he had... He may still have like a giant oil painting of himself hanging over his marital bed, oh. <laughs> in his wrestling gear, holding the belt with the Sergeant Pepper's jacket. Imagine being that man's therapist. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, anyone, any wrestler's therapist is like insane. But like Brett, I mean, there's some like little little narcissism. Narcissism. Imagine him coming in, sitting down on your couch, and being like, "I had the dream about Montreal again." <laughs> It's been 30 years! Right, get over it. But, also, also, it's a work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, Scott thinks, Scott Hall thinks it's a work. Scott, yeah, that's the thing. Scott God, Hall, he's dead now. Scott Hall, carny is all hell. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I kind of mean that as a compliment. Sure. Like, he's was working 24-7. Mm-hmm. But also, he's the polar opposite of Bret Hart, and that Bret Hart took everything super seriously. Yeah. And Scott Hall, possibly to his detriment... Never took himself or the wrestling no. business all that seriously. I mean, he took the business seriously in that he was there to make money. Yes. He wasn't going to throw away money, but he was not one of these guys who would get worked up about losing. In fact, one of the things that 
people like one of comparing him with Nash, mm-hmm. Scott Hall was more generous with putting people over. Yeah. He put over Chris Jericho, apparently against Eric Bischoff's instructions. I want to say he also put over Rey Mysterio in a kind of the same thing. Sure. He put over one, two, three kid in a way that gave him a career. Meltzer, uh, when Scott Hall died and like everyone's talking about his legacy and everything, like uh, the Scott Hall putting over guys thing is, uh, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's like, yes, they won, but they won in such a way, did they really get over? So, you know, as with any wrestler... I mean, to be fair, the guys we just said did, in fact, get over. <laughs> That's fine, fine. I'm just saying... It's not like he put over Colin Delaney, and the guy never went anywhere. Different generation. But what I'm saying is that Scott Hall was smart in yeah. that he wasn't going to put somebody over where it was going to be a waste. If he was going to put somebody over, it was going to be somebody worth putting over. Yeah. Which is different. You know, being selective about who you put over is different than the Sean situation sure. where you're like... I'm not putting anybody over. Yeah. <laughs> Just try to get me on my you know, back. You know who, uh, I don't want to jump in here. You know who's doing the Sean now? Who's who's guilty of what Shawn Michaels did? What's that? Besides Brock. I mean, that's, that's obvious, but Roman. You think so? Roman. Who has Roman Reigns, honestly, ever in his career put over? Other than Brock? Yeah, other than Brock. Seth? When? Like, every time Seth has won a world title, it's been from Brock. Or that one time from... Or that one time he won one from Brock, but mostly it's been from Roman. I don't think he's ever really gotten Seth over. Well, that's not my fault. I'm not saying it's your fault. <laughs> I'm saying that the, this idea of, like, you know, you losing to a guy gets you over. Or sorry, you losing to a guy will help them get over. I don't think Roman's ever really done that. Well, it's not. it's not the... Loss, it's the story, right? It's the... Fair. It's the portrayal, right? So one of the perfect examples is that clip we shared a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. of Scott Hall, quote-unquote, putting over a young Tanahashi. Yeah. Where Scott Hall is in Japan. He's not looking his best. This has got to be, what, 2003 or 2004 or something like that? Oh, yeah. Tanahashi is not fully formed Tanahashi. It's like bike shorts era John Cena. Uh-huh. And Hall is, like, just beating the dog shit out of this kid. Yeah. And he gets on the mic, and he starts calling out Great Muda. He neglects to actually pin Tanahashi, <coughs> who then rolls him up, mm-hmm. and Scott Hall loses the match, sure. but then he's fine, and he's, like, all mad. So just because he lost to Tanahashi doesn't mean that Tanahashi got to visually conquer I guess my point of bringing this up was you're going to hear a lot of people talk about how great Scott Hall was. And, and professionally, like, I'm not even, like, his personal stuff is his personal stuff, but, like, I mean, remember, it's like the click. This is the same guy who's running with Kevin Nash. Right. And Shawn Michaels and Triple H, like, master politicians. And so maybe he was the least master politician right. in that way, but he's still, like... Or, arguably, was still as good a politician, just... That wasn't one of his issues. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right? Because, like we said, like Nash, was in it for the money. Did not have the Brett or even Sean view of taking himself and his image too seriously. No. He wanted to protect his, his, his sure. value, mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily matter to him if he lost. 
I, I remember probably one of these same shoots that you saw where they were talking about Brett being mad about losing or losing in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And Scott Hall is like, he knows it's a work, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, he knows he's not really the champion. You know he didn't actually beat anybody. What's funny uh, about Scott... Uh, this episode just should be about Scott and Bret Hart. Uh, Scott's thing about... One of the things about Bret, he says, is like, he's a $400,000 a year champion. Which, like, I'm like, that's a lot of money. But then I'm like, oh, this is like meant to be a dig. That Bret didn't care about the money. Right. When he should be making way more as champion. And, like, Scott's argument was, hey, like, you're the champion... If they pay you more, like, I'm the like you're the first, like the top guy. I'm the second guy because he's IC champion level. That you gotta be asking for more money. One because you deserve it, and two you get more money, I get more money. People can get more money, and Brett was like way less interested in that than being like the best, like being right. like winning all his matches essentially, and uh, it's a really different way of looking at. Wrestling, yeah, you know? the the artistic fulfillment sure. is, is Brett is what he's there for, yeah. right? And that's an interesting thing uh-huh. that nobody really talks about, which is that Brett's insistence on artistic fulfillment, or even his his valuing of artistic fulfillment above financial compensation, was actually creating a problem for the people lower on the card mm-hmm. who did want to make more money, because if Brett is theoretically the top guy and he's not pushing Vince for more money, yep. then that doesn't give the lower card guys any leverage. No. Because if your top guy hasn't asked for more money, what justification do the undercard guys sure. have to ask for same? Sure. Other than the fact that they don't give a shit about their title run. Brett was also Brett's ego was I I mean I get the artistic thing, but I think it's also like this it's 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 ego. It's I want to be seen this way because I do think I'm this way. Like I do think I'm the best. But if I keep winning, and it's it's a you know it's not a work, then I will be the best. So no one else can be anywhere near my level. And I, I I hate Bret Hart. So well, that's the argument. The Brett and Sean argument is that both of them, both of their their personalities were driven by needing to be seen as the best. Yeah. So that manifests in different ways and what they feel qualifies them as the best is different things. Sure. But they're both coming from things from the same perspective, Mm -hmm. which is that they want the recognition. They need the adulation. They need the praise. They need to be this. They need the spotlight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scott Hall did not need the spotlight. No, he did need the money. He needed the money. He, what he really needed was like someone to like, you know, handle his trauma. That like you know we learned about, you know. So Scott Hall clearly killed a, the guy. He killed the guy accidentally. Accidentally, it was like self defense. It was outside of like a. A guy tried to shoot him. Yeah. He was a, he was a bouncer. Yeah. And a guy, there was an altercation, and the guy tried to pull a gun. Yeah. And as Scott was trying to, you know, subdue this guy, the gun went off and the guy died. Yeah. And that apparently is just this huge thing in his life. Yeah. It, it fucked him up. It's and, a big time, yeah. And and so we find out, like, you know, it, it's so interesting, the Scott Hall story, because he, you watch him on TV, you you know, they do storylines about his alcoholism. You know, it's also the 90s, so like, 
wrestlers in the 90s did a lot of stuff. I'm sure he may have done some other things. But you watch the TV, like, why is this guy, not even in a judgmental way, but, like, why is this guy, like, so fucked up? And it's not until, well, like, I don't know, eight years ago at this point, they, like, on ESPN, they did, like, a, like, a, a, a their documentary series on 30 Star for Hall. 30. Yeah, I think that, or E60 or E30, whatever the fuck it's called. It doesn't matter. They did, a, they did an episode on Scott Hall where he, like, divulges that. Yeah, which it was, you know, it's public information. Like, yeah, but I don't think I didn't know about it. No, that like in none of the, in none of the wrestling books I had as a kid. Yeah. That like, shout out to Hardcore Wrestling, <laughs> which was a combination like strategy guide for WCW Mayhem and WWF oh, Warzone. It was terrible, but it was like a a combination strategy guide for those games, and then yeah. it also had biographies that included some kayfabe and not kayfabe sure. stuff. Sure. You know, that's where I first learned people's real names and and stuff like that. So that book certainly didn't mention that Scott Hall accidentally killed a guy. Yeah. I certainly wasn't aware of it. Even as an adult wrestling fan, wasn't aware of it. Until they said it, I had no clue. Yeah. And and I was definitely, just like you, very much an adult. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, for the last, like, tw- you know, 12 and, years. And it's very much the Jake Roberts type thing where mm-hmm. they're known for their substance abuse issues. Yep. And what we find out later after they do these documentaries is that we find out these guys have unimaginable levels of trauma. Yeah. And it manifests in substance abuse, but it's like they're, they're essentially medicating their PTSD with fame and drugs and alcohol. This is why we go over tangent here. Not really tangent, but this is why comments made by one Mark Calloway are so tone deaf. It's insane. Oh, when he says wrestlers today are soft. They're soft, and all they do is play video games, and like they didn't like you know they didn't go to bars and like fuck they people off. They didn't stuff. kill anybody. Yeah, and it's like, ugh, like don't forget, haven't you lost like mad friends because they had the lifestyle that you are, you know, sort of idealizing and glorifying? Like, what is what's he's an idiot, but. That's a separate. That's a separate point. But you know, Hall and and Roberts and, and obviously differently because it, it's a physical trauma like Benoit, like these guys and and Eddie Eddie as well, where they go through trauma and they don't deal with it in a different way, and so it just sort of like balloons and it becomes like you know public record essentially. Like these people are are, are battling demons. Uh, that's the that's the wrestling way of saying right, right. Yeah. The personal demons and the you know the personal demons is code for booze, booze or, or pills or yeah. coke or whatever yeah. it is. But the demons are in fact unresolved trauma. Yep, yep. And so you know, so like Hall, you know, this guy that you see on your TV, who everyone agrees like, what could have been right? He should have been a bigger star. And he's still a pretty gigantic star. Like his death was uh, was almost two weeks ago at this point. Uh, huge news everywhere. Like people I don't I know who don't watch wrestling were texting me about it. You know, like same level as like Savage and and, and, and that level of star. So I feel so bad that like the amount of times they did storylines about his drinking or like someone would would make a comment on on TV about. Scott Hall's problems. And it's like, that doesn't help anyone. 
Yeah, it's it's a very 20th century way of imagining and talking about issues like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you've got the, you know, the sitcom character who's just like a funny drunk. Yeah. And it's like this person's in horrifying pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at someone who this is really weird to to compare but like Right, John Moxley going to rehab for, you know, a couple of months, I think it was. And, you know, everyone now is like, great, great, not everyone, most people with a brain are like, awesome that he did that. He knew he had a problem, and, and I'm sure he's still battling with it, but he he went to seek help, and it wasn't made into a storyline. He didn't have this sort of, like, discourse around how could he do that, or like, what a fucking... You know, little bitch. I mean, Bully Ray did, but Bully Ray's a moron. <laughs> yes, well, Bully Ray's got the got the Undertaker mindset, right? Where he's yeah. like, "Hey, just be a fan." They're um, both they're both marks. That's true. And, Triple H and his friend Mark, yeah. yeah. But yeah, John Moxley's like this very like recent example of a high level, well known pro wrestler who, you know, that is what needs to happen more, right? Right. Back then, the solution would be like. Grit your teeth. Go mm-hmm. get through it. You got to get through it. Yeah. And how do you get through it? You self medicate more. Yep. You drink more. You pop more pills. Yep. Right. When of course the the real solution is, hey, remove yourself from yep. the situation that take, is contributing take, to this. Take have many months off. Right. Get paid mm-hmm. on your downside. Go get help. And you know when you get back, maybe we don't do how. Maybe you're not on house shows, which now the house shows are not even right. really a thing. Um, and so, you know, the schedule's obviously did. So, like, in so many ways, like, the, the story of Scott Hall is, like, is important because of how wrestling is now. And it for sure isn't, like, perfect by any means. But it's like, hey, these guys don't need to be pushing themselves. And, in, in, you know, in the case of Scott Hall, hey, if you got shit going on... It's more important than the wrestling. Yeah, yeah. You can... Ru- Guess what, dude? We see wrestlers on Raw every fucking week that are like in their mid forties. You can take off some time. Yeah, because the the I feel like it's always been framed as the Scott Hall story has always been framed as a cautionary tale, but the caution is for the wrestler. Yeah. You know, like don't let this happen to you. Yeah. Rather than don't let your demons take control of you. Yeah. As opposed to a a cautionary tale about the culture as a whole. Because we talked about it. We've, and they talked about it. On TV, mm-hmm. they talked about his uh, his drinking and his drug use, right? Yeah. So it was well known enough that they decided to put it on TV. So it's not like he was hiding it. People were well aware of what he was going through. Yep. I mean, he would be taken off TV. Sure. But I don't know if it was... Ever address and you know part of it is maybe there was some resistance on his end as well, but it's a it's a it's a cultural thing not just in wrestling but in the culture as a whole. Yeah. In terms of it's okay to work on your shit. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have shit, and it's sure. okay to work on it. Sure. Well, I mean that's a good distinction there of like there's a there there's like the performer and then there's the company, and so often like yeah it's friendly Scott Hall like it's framed in that way, but really it's like, well, what's the culture 
you know, what era are we talking about here? And that even if, like, in 1997 or 98, Bischoff was like, hey, man, like, go home. Take care of this. Don't worry. Like, you'll be fine. Your spot's fine. Would Scott Hall have, would he have done that? Would he have been of the mindset of, like, oh, I can do that? Or would he say, no, 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 no. I need to, I need to do this. I know. I want to be here. Yeah. And I'm I, fine. I'm fine. This is not that big of a deal. I can... I need to be around friends anyways. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, who, who's to say? But, yeah, the, the, this, this tale of Scott Hall is, in so many ways, what not to do, right? Everyone who listens to this knows I'm a big mark for Phil. And his last, like, what, couple of months in that company where he was not well and they didn't give a fuck, seem, seemingly they didn't give a fuck, and wanted him back and, like, you know, he'd, he'd have surgery one day, and, like, three days later, Vince is calling him. Hey, we need you on the house show, yeah. pal. Yeah, and it's like... We need, to, we need to fill a building in Kalamazoo, pal. Yeah, and it's, you know, why? Like, again, the great case here is, like, AEW. Moxley leaves. You've got a bunch of other fucking guys. Omega's been gone. Jericho was gone. And it's like, the company will be fine if you know how to create stars and, like, have stars. Right. But... You know, so often in WWE in particular, you know, what's that Bret Hart quote? I hate Bret Hart. But what's that Bret Hart quote when he came back for that program in 2010? Basically, Vince will take you out and, like, old yell, old yell are you, right, when he's when he's done with you. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was actually Cena. It wasn't Bret. Cena said it to Vince, I believe. It's just the culture there. And I think it's probably better now, but, like, in a lot of ways, it's probably still there. So we should probably talk a little bit about Scott Hall's career, like the stuff he did in wrestling as a wrestler. I don't think he wrestled that much. <laughs> so he starts out as Big Scott Hall. Yeah, he's big. Big Scott Hall. Yeah. Um, I like what your grandmother thought. The little, little guy. guy. The little fella. Yeah. You should name this called the little guy, not the bad guy. <laughs> Say hello to the little guy. He starts in the AWA. Yeah. And he's basically supposed to be their Hogan, their, their Terry Jean. He's like a cowboy. Yeah. He's got like a fringe vest. Very hangman page. Very hangman page. A big old hangman page. And he's got cowboy boots and he's tagging with Kurt Hennig. Mm. And he's always on the lookout for greener pastures. He knows that they're dying. He sees that they're grooming him for a position that's not going to exist. Like, hey, you want to be the top guy of this fucking... Like, it's real Game of Thrones, little finger, sure. like, king of the ashes energy. Sure. It's like, hey, you'll be the top guy in five years. And it's like, there are three people in this arena, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy fighting over a turkey on this show, Vern. Uh, I think, for me, the big Scott Hall memory from AWA is his appearance in the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Okay. Okay. I'm Kurt Hennig. And big Scott Hall. The so- tag team champs to take on the mall. We love Scott Hall's voice. Phenomenal voice, kind of down. He's kind of Stallone-ish. It's a little Stallone-ish. It's a little Kevin Nashy. Too. It's a little. That's why they're best friends. Yes. Did you hear the story about the first road trip they took together? Probably. I, I watched so many fucking new shoots of them. So yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, this is just after, I guess Scott Hall had gotten the WCW first. The Nash comes in as either Oz or Vinny Vegas, sure. whatever. They just happen to like, hey, you want to get a rental car together? Yeah. And Scott Hall, they're both huge dudes. Yes. They're in like this tiny little rental car. Mm-hmm. And he, Scott Hall keeps like reaching over 
to change the radio station. Mm-hmm. And every time he does, he like brushes Kevin Nash's thigh. That makes sense. And Kevin Nash is like, yeah, whatever, it's a small car. Like he, <laughs> he keeps excusing it, but then he keeps he keeps doing it, and then he does it like three times within ten minutes. And Kevin mm-hmm. Nash is like, oh no, he's a little upset and a little weirded out because he's like, oh no. I thought this guy was, like, really chill, and I thought we were going to be really good friends, but, like, now he's, like, coming on to me in a weird way, and, like, we've only been in this car for, like, an hour, and he's he's touched my thigh, like, five times, like, I really don't want to have to address this, I mean, hopefully he just stops, and apparently the next time, he changes the radio station and just straight up, like, clamps his hand down on Nash's thigh, and they both just fucking crack up laughing, (laughs) (laughs) and Scott Hall, it turned out Scott Hall was just trying to get him to break. When that happened, and they both like had to pull the car over to laugh so hard, like that's when they realized that they were gonna be buddies. Buddies, wrestle buddies, wrestle buddies. That's right. Um, Do you have the Razor Ramon wrestle buddy? I definitely. My parents didn't buy me anything. I had the I had the Hollywood Hogan wrestle buddy from WCW. Ooh, with the uh, with the, the stubble. Yeah. So Scott Hall, AWA, he leaves. Yep. Okay. Becomes the Diamond Stud. Yeah. He becomes the Diamond Stud and hooks up with a person who would eventually save his fucking life. Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dixie Carter. <laughs> Diamond Dixie Carter. Diamond Dicks. <laughs> Nothing gets harder than Diamond Dicks. Um, One of the uh, You Shoots with Scott Hall today I listened to, I, I was talking about wanting to sleep with Dixie. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get that. Yeah, she's... Total Sour Palin milk energy there. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But you get the Diamond Stud. The Diamond Stud kind of goes nowhere, which is weird because... He's still Scott Hall. It just didn't didn't click. It wasn't working. Didn't click. Well, he didn't have a click. Right. Yeah. But then where he finally breaks out is in WWE as Razor Ramon. And the legend is that he pitches Vince the character of Razor Ramon. Yeah. And Vince has never seen Scarface. And it's like so fucking dazzled by this pitch that Scott gave him. He's like, this is the greatest character pitch I've ever heard. Which I fully believe because years later we would find out that Paul Burchill was going to do the pirate, the, yeah. like the, the Jack Sparrow character when those movies were red fucking hot yep. and Vince didn't get it because he's like, well, pirates are heels. Are they heels, you think? Well, do you remember the, 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 the pirate uh, who stole Bret Hart's motorcycle helmet in the 90s? Yes, but I mean, my point though in real life, are, one, are pirates real? Pirates, yes. Like, I, like today? They're not like leprechauns. No, They're I know real. that. Well, I thought dragons were real, too. They're not. Komodo dragons are real. The American dragons are real. Hell yeah. But the so pirates are real things, people? Yes. They may not look that way, but they're there. You remember the Somali pirates? Yes. Captain Phillips? Did we bomb them? Somalia? Probably. We probably did. Um, I'm the captain now. Remember that? What do you say to me? I'm the captain now. Where's that from? Captain Phillips. Okay. Tom Hanks movie about the Somali Pirates. Oh, I want everyone to know I fucking hate Tom Hanks. Okay. I don't like his movies. I don't like him. <laughs> what do you I hate Tom Hanks. He's not my guy. Oh, you're you're like a big Chet Hayes fan. You're like you agree that Tom Hanks is a shitty dad. Who's Chet Hayes? Tom Hanks is terrible son. Oh yeah, fuck him. But I'm I'm saying <laughs> I'm not talking about Tom Hanks as a as a dad. I'm talking about Tom Hanks as like this public figure that everyone loves. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it. Fuck it. You seem threatened by it. No, because I hate it. Him, Sandra Bullock, Meryl Streep, Beyonce. Give me more people. I hate them all. I like Sandra Bullock. You would. I'm going to see that movie tomorrow. It looks terrible. Yeah, I know. 
Ugh. I do, hate... What's the other guy in that movie? Channing Tatum? He's okay. Don't you love a terrible movie, though? I did just watch Win a, Tate, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton today. When I found out that I have no idea what... Uh, Kate Bosworth. Yeah, no idea what she looked like. I was fully picturing... But you know Superman Returns. Yeah, and I saw Superman Returns. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I was sitting there in the Ikea parking lot when you mentioned Kate Bosworth, and I'm like straining my brain to remember what this lady looks like. Sure. And all I could summon is a picture of Katie Holmes. I'm like, does she kind of look like Katie Holmes? It's the same generation of actress. Yeah, but like then I Googled her when I got yeah. inside Ikea. Yeah. I'm like, this lady does not look like Katie Holmes at all. No. Was she in Brunette in, Sp- uh, in Spider-Man? In Superman? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But I don't know if you just... I'm looking at this lady's face. And I'm like, I don't, if you put a brunette wig on her, she would not look like Katie Holmes. No. But for whatever reason, that's what I that's what I felt. And uh, if you showed me a picture of that lady and you were like, who does this look like? I would be like, I don't know, Catherine Heigl, kind of? The same generation. Like Again, all these like meaty... Take this meaty? Out. Mediocre. Oh. White I was going to say, she's actresses. not that meaty. No, not at all. But um, which one's Scott Hall? Yeah, so he pitches this... I, this character to Vince. Vince yeah. loves it. He knocks it out of the park mm-hmm. and he gets the great vignettes that yes. we don't get anymore. And there's a bunch of them and he's wearing these absurd... Beautiful t-shirts. And the fucking... like Flat the downs. Like the royal blue... Uh, it's like a sweatsuit. He's dressed like a golden girl. It's fantastic. <laughs> someone should have that... Not that gimmick. Not his gimmick, but like someone needs to dress up like old school Razor Ramon. I feel like the New Day could pull that off. I mean, Ricky Starks is, like, sort of in that vein, right? Like, yeah. Like, these, like, flamboyant he's, cops. Yeah, he's got this fucking... Uh, Ricky Starks has, like, a, a club fuckboy oh my street God, clothes thing yes. going on. But I think if you gave him gear like that... I mean, Miro kind of... But he had that weird... Yeah, he was... That was a different... Hype beast yeah, yeah, yeah. thing going on. Yeah, somebody... Listen, wrestlers, when they're not wrestling need to wear the weirdest fucking clothes you've ever seen. I need to see wrestlers mm-hmm. dressed in street clothes that no one would ever wear. That's very important to me. In retrospect, that's very important. Okay. Remember any time when you're a kid and you see Randy Savage and he's not wrestling, yes. but he's still wearing something that is absolutely unacceptable attire? <laughs> yeah. It's still very savage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think Scott Hall kind of killed that, unfortunately, with the NWO thing, where it's like, oh, they're going to wear jeans and t-shirts. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because if you look at the Razor, he's got, like, blindingly white tennis shoes. Yes. And he's got these blue-ass pants Mm. tucked into them. He's got this open front fucking shirt. Mm -hmm. And it's just absurd. We need more of that. We need more wrestlers wearing weird shit that no one would ever wear. Who is the best-dressed wrestler? Or maybe not the best-dressed, but, like, who you think dresses the most interesting? Adam Page. I agree. Adam I'll Page. Just say that too. Yeah, Adam Page. Always a different shirt. Yep. Always tailored beautifully. Always maybe a little cowboy. Yeah, it's cowboy. Yeah. It, yeah. You get this idea that oh well, this is not a regular person. This is not a real person. No. But they're wearing clothes like they're a real person. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. part of it. You know, you can't just always. I mean, MJF. Fine, he's got a suit. Sure. Uh, Cody, in a way, had that. On lock, where he would wear an absolutely bizarre looking suit. The colors were always interesting. Yeah, with like the red soles. Like yeah. Cody always had a weird thing going on. I love that about him. We need more of that. Miro, I like Miro's an interesting dresser. Yeah, unfortunately, when he started this new gimmick, 
He dropped it. He's just I, always in his gear now. The, that's the pack thing, yeah. right? Where it's like there's a there's a vignette. It's and he's a like, Randy thing as well. He's wandering around in his garden yes. in his gear. He's in his living room. Yes, in his parlor he's or his library. His <laughs> yes, with his wrist tape on. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Screaming. I hope he goes to Ring of Honor. I think he'd be good in Ring of Honor. I think that as your maybe second champ, or even the first champ. Like and he's a. He drops his body else. But anyways, Scott Hall. The, the Razor, vignettes. I mean, Razor. The vignettes, so fucking good. I love oh the God. one where he's uh he's walking around, he's talking about wishes. Yes, I remember. Remember this, this one where yeah. the guy's at the, the wishing well? Yeah, of course. He's flipping in coins, and Razor shoves him in and he goes, <laughs> Look at him, man. He dreaming of a swim. <laughs> I'm gonna start using Meng. Meng! Mang. Or Haku, if you prefer. Uh, whatever he wants me to say, I will say. Did not want to cross that guy. Remember when he was when he was in WCW and he was doing? They were teasing the third man. Yep, yep, yep. I remember this promo. It, they showed it in all of the WCW retrospective ones. Yep. In the Kevin Nash VHS compilation. I don't sure. know if you ever watched that, but I had it on repeat. <laughs> He's like, uh, break out all the money, bring everybody you can. Because the big mang and the medium-sized mang and our surprise buddy, we're going to carve you up. And it's around to be Hulk Hogan again. Yeah. I don't know if you do that. It's Hogan. I don't know much about Hogan. Hulk who? Hulk who? Hulk Hogan? Haku? (laughs) Uh... Hulk Hogan is very funny. (laughs) Hulk Hogan. Oh, do you mean Hulk Hogan? Hulk. Hulk. I hate I hate words that Hulk are spelled that way. Hulk Hogan. Hulk. Hulk Hogan. Remember that? Hogan. Remember the Miller Light cat Miller Light Catfight Girls? They were arguing about like Hogan and like McMahon. I think that was the match at, at that mania. Yeah. That match is way better than it has any right to be. Well, it has, it has that great shot, right? Of uh, Vince. Yeah, coming up on the ring yeah. apron. Um, but there were, it was like, you know, Vince is going to win. No, Hogan's going to win. And the lady said Hogan in, like, <laughs> the strangest way possible. Hogan. Yeah, like, really kind of, like, emphasize a syllable that didn't need to be emphasized. Watch out later. You'll see what I mean. So, for me, yeah, right, Razor Ramon sticks out because he's a ladder match. I mean, like, I mean, how do you not... Uh, when, <laughs> Even if even if the rest of his career wasn't great or wasn't memorable, he was always going to be remembered at, at least as the other guy in the ladder match, right? But because he did have a pretty successful career, all things considered, you know, it's so hard to be a wrestling fan in the '90s and not think Razor Ladders and 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 Sean. So I can't remember any great Scott Hall matches. In WCW, and I think that's partially because he was in a big group. He didn't. He was in. Well, he wasn't, wasn't asked to have great. He matches. wasn't really doing singles matches either. It was mostly tags, like we said before. And again, it, the thing about wrestling, and it's while I don't, uh, it's not my preferred way of looking at wrestling. Like if you're over, and you don't have to do much, then you don't do much. The and, Kevin Nash story. And that story, the, the the Hogan stuff, like, those guys, you know, like, even Roman, I don't think Roman's very interesting to watch, but he doesn't have to do a lot. No. 
And, and, and even guys that we like, I think, they probably do a lot less than they could because they're over. So, right. you know... You don't have to throw it all at the wall in every match. Yeah. There's a couple good Scott Hall matches in sure. WCW. There's the Hostile Takeover match, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I mean, historically, obviously, for the Hulk Hogan turn. For sure. But it's also really cool to see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as a tag team. They've never tagged before. No. At least not on TV, no. No. And you got Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as a tag team against Luger and Sting, who were an established team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also Randy Savage. Yep. And it's two on three, and they hold their own. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, that's a pretty good match. And then also, this is one that people don't ever talk about. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash versus the Faces of Fear. Okay. This might have been a Starcade even. All right. Where they were tag team champions, and they needed challengers, and it wound up being Meng and the Barbarian. Okay. And... For some reason, Meng and the Barbarian got white hot mm-hmm. as baby faces in the lead up sure. to this match against Nash and Hall. So Nash and Hall are actually selling for these guys. Well, how are you going to not sell for Meng? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> going to die if you don't. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting to see Nash and Hall hustle a little more than usual because they're in the ring with a killing machine. Sure. The match ultimately, I think, goes to like a double count out or something. But it's really interesting to see a motivated side out of Nash and Hall yeah. and also against a B-tier team, even in WCW. It's not Sting Luger. It's not the Steiners. Yeah. It's not the Legion of Doom. You know, it's not even Harlem Heat. You know, it's these guys who are just essentially a WCW Saturday Night Tag sure. Team. But for whatever reason, they were white hot. And you can actually see in some of these matches, like, Barbarian is like, beating these guys pillar to post and people are losing their shit and he's never been a baby face. He's the fucking barbarian. Sure, yeah. Right? So he like looks at the hard cam and people are going nuts and he looks confused and like raises his hands over his head and people are like, yeah! And he looks so... Do you remember the episode, the wrestling episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I don't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Motherfucker. You don't know the trash man? I know the trash man is. So, you know the end of the episode where he accidentally almost kills the guy with the, with the trash can? So it's Danny DeVito. Mm. He accidentally almost kills the tally bum with the trash can. He's like bleeding out in the yeah. ring and he's like horrified. There's like dead silence in the arena. Yeah. And then he just like slowly raises his hands. And, and everybody fucking loses. That's what it is. It's like barbarian, like, uh-huh. I guess on the baby face. And people are losing their mm. shit. Great match. Go watch it. Uh, another, what I was Googling on my phone there was a match I remember in TNA. So. Before we get to TNA, because he WCW closes down, we yep. know this. He's got the short run too in the the uh, in the, the NWO reunion in the Fed, right? So Hall's problems get the best of him near the end of WCW, and you don't see much of him, quite frankly. He's still under contract. Yeah, but he's, he's on the roster, quote yeah, unquote. But he's not being used. He's got things he needs to sort out, and then WCW goes out of business. He, along with Sting and Goldberg and Nash and Hogan. Everybody these, of value, essentially. Have these crazy deals where it would make very little sense to go to WWF until those deals are done, right? They're like very lucrative deals that go beyond the March 2001 you know, uh, death of WCW. So he ends up in WWF for the No Way Out pay-per-view where Vince, you know, I'm going to inject some poison. A lethal dose of 
poison. There it is. And uh, I told you what happened that night for me. I'm like, don't repeat what happened that night. Uh-huh. But um, it was momentous. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, and, like, the run is, like, middling. Like, he, he you know, his problems get the best of him again. On, on paper, it's because he's, what is he there for, like, a couple months? He comes in just before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You have the NWO versus Austin and Rock, which should be one of the biggest matches of all time. Yep. And it's on a, it's on Raw. I don't even know if there's a definitive end. That's the one where Rock gets run over by the monster truck, right? Yeah, or no, it's not a monster truck. It's a semi truck. Yeah, I remember that uh, that moment. So that happens. That should be remembered as this incredible legendary match. It's yeah. kind of uh, nothing. It's it's best remembered for the afterbirth. And then he wrestles Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Yep. In a weird. match. Weird. 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 Yeah, because should be. The greatest match of all time. It should be your dream. Yep. Right? And it's essentially a nothing match. I mean, he sells the stunner like... Sure. It looks great. great. It sells, it sells great. But yeah, no, he doesn't stay there for very long. He finds him finds his way into TNA uh, shortly after. And he's he does a number of different like stints in TNA. Uh, he was also in ECW. Let's not forget that. Everybody was in ECW, yeah. especially if they were on the outs. Just like mm-hmm. if, if you needed booking, Paul was going to book you. There you go. But you know the the, the end of Sahol's career isn't memorable outside of like all the outside the ring stuff. But he does have a match, which I remember watching it live, thinking like before it was on, I was like, man, this match is going to suck. And it was TNA Lockdown 2010, Kevin Ash Scott Hall. Versus Team 3D. And I think there's a cage involved. It's Lockdown. Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah, it's little... Six Sides of Steel. Yeah. And it was way better than it had any right to be. He doesn't have... I don't remember many great Scott Hall matches in TNA, so... I don't remember many Scott Hall matches in TNA. That's, you know, there you go. He's part of, I think, Randy Savage's last match. Mm, AJ's in the match, right? Yeah, it's AJ... I want to say AJ, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Savage. That feels right. Versus Jeff Jarrett and the Outsiders. That, are they the flying Elvises? They're dressed like Elvis impersonators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, what the fuck? There were like a bunch of Elvis. There's a bunch of Elvis. Well, it's Nashville, right? Is that the excuse? We're going to just have Elvis? It's not even Memphis. It's Tennessee, I guess. <laughs> there you go. You know, like... What could have been? I mean, this is this is the Scott Hall thing. Like, what could have been? Because he was a good worker, solid worker, great character, great talker, so powerful guy. People liked him. He had some influence, and and yet you know his career was never what it could have been. What do you think Scott Hall's ceiling was? Do you think Scott Hall would have been world champion? What company and when? Well, that's part of the question, uh, right? Um, well, if AWA had lived, had you know, not gone under, mm-hmm. they definitely would have put that title on him if he had stayed for sure. For sure. sure, I think he could have been champion in WWF. Razor in like ninety three, ninety four. No, even even after, I think he could have been champion in ninety seven. No, and, eh, and in ninety six, ninety seven. Before he left, you mean? Well, he left in ninety six. Yes. So I'm saying if he had stayed, okay, I think he would have eventually been elevated. Who was his competition at that time? 
It's Brett Sean. Taker. Taker. But Taker was really never like a world champion. Like he was... I mean, he was world He was there, but he wasn't... You know what I mean? Like he wasn't... Okay, so... I think if Razor hadn't left, we wouldn't have had Sid as world champion. That's what I'm saying. Is that his real competition... When I think about it, it's like the guys like uh, like Sid or or I mean Vader wasn't champion, but like Vader or uh, like I don't think Ahmed Johnson, like these guys that were clearly they're trying. I but think yeah, I think take. I think you're right. He was never going to be in a position just because the flagship champions were so strong. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was ever going to be the guy. No, but he could have been the guy who worked with the guy. Yeah. He could have had reigns like Sid, just like if things had unfolded differently, Vader could have had a run. Sure. Well, we, what we're not accounting for, though, is what happened with so many of those guys who, in in WWF, were like they became more grounded, or they like attitude era their gimmick a little bit. If he could have transformed Razor just slightly to what ended up, I guess, happening in WCW, where it's like. You know, like, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Like, you change it a little bit where it's it's less goofy, I suppose, right? Less of a caricature, can't speak. And I think that would have probably elevated him a little bit. Because, like, that's the one thing about wrestling that I enjoy is when people get hot, there's, like, this change that happens. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Where you want to see somebody level up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whether and a lot of times it's a new gimmick, a new nickname, mm-hmm. a new look, sure. something to signify that things like we talked about it with Miro. Yeah. Right. Miro leveled up when he became the Redeemer. Yep. Yeah. Right. So we like to see that stuff. Even Hangman, he went from the he went from the short tights to the, uh, to the, the long, long tights, boys, yeah. the long boys. Kevin Nash, when he went from WCW to or sorry, when Kevin Nash went from WWE to WCW, mm-hmm. uh, he went from a guy who drove trucks to a guy who doesn't know what adjectives are. You're never really going to live that down. <laughs> um, I'm surprised no one's like done like a deep fake thing to just fix it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I can see I can see Elizabeth Olsen give a blowjob, but I can't get Kevin Ash to say the right word. <laughs> what I love about it the most is that when Austin had him on the podcast years yeah. later, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like dragging him over, you know, breaking him over the yeah. coals, he goes, he goes, hey man, what happened with that? You fucking you just didn't know what the word was? And Nash is like, like all right, let me set the record straight. I know it's not an adjective. Yeah. I know it's an adverb. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> you still don't know. It's been 20 years. You still don't know that it's just a regular ass verb. Motherfucker. It's a verb, Kev. Again, can no one fix this? <laughs> like if, I was, if I was skilled in like deep fake or like audio. Well, they've gone back and like, haven't they fixed the... On a lot of things, I don't know if it's there, like on the network feed or the yeah. the, the cock feed, whatever. But the AJ Styles debut, yeah, they that got it. fucked up. They fixed that Edge too. The Edge, yeah. So like, mm, just get him to say verb. <laughs> Has he never said the word verb before? If he did on the podcast, he did it. He said adverb. You, okay, that's it's closer. A nanosecond. You <laughs> chop off the first first part of that word. Too much red wine. He hasn't been on Twitter like that lately, has he? No. No, yeah. he's in mourning. He is in mourning. We all are. We all are. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've, we've, been, we've, talked, we've been talking a lot of shit. Well, I don't know if we've talked a lot of shit. We've about been, what? Scott Hall. I'm not talking shit about Scott Hall. All I'm saying, it's been a, it's been a jocular, fun episode. Yeah. But, we've, like, it's genuinely sad. Very I, sad. 
Um, both of us uh, were big Scott Hall fans. Did you ever get to see Scott work live? No, never. Not not even like in an indie or anything like that. No. I did get to see Scott. Well, I didn't see Scott wrestle. I saw Scott manage Nash and Cody Hall in a tag match. Yeah. For Northeast Wrestling in Wrestling Under the Stars in Wappingers Falls, New York. A lot of good memories. I met Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. You've seen the photo. I've seen the photo of me and my uh, my my oldest friend Stephen the Train Graham. Yeah. He's doing the the razor sure, sure. pose, and I'm doing the the Kevin Nash black power of fist. Of course, Kevin Nash, very righteous guy, <laughs> very righteous. Scott Hall, maybe too, because I watched him talk about uh, Stevie Ray and said Stevie Ray is a very proud black man, and he didn't say it in a dismissive way. I think I think Scott Hall gets it. You think so? Yeah. We kind of glossed right over yeah. that whole period. that whole period where Scott Hall got to have that. He got to have his moment where of recognition. He got to go. He didn't have to go into the Hall of Fame posthumously. For years, I remember for years before he before he got in as Razor. You know, all the IWC wrestling community, whatever, was like, "Is he ever going to be able to go to the Hall of Fame? Is he ever going to be sober enough to be invited to not act like a fool? Um, is he going to be dead when he goes in?" And, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of the work of DDP and, and all, you know, his crew of people that, yes, helped Jake, but it helped uh, Scott as well. And, like, the Scott Hall thing is, like, very kind of public, if you remember. Like, Sean Waltman calling Dallas and was like, hey, man, like, Scott really needs your help. And he, uh, this is all on video, I think. Like, uh, Dallas called Scott and he sounds miserable. Yeah. Right? He's like, I've just been drinking vodka. I've been drinking vodka, like water. And, you know, Dallas brings him in. Obviously, a lot of time uh, working with him. And got Scott, probably to, like, the best he's been as an adult. And, and you know, probably wasn't always sober and probably had relapses because that's what happens with alcoholism. But, like, you saw him on Raw. You saw him get inducted. He was at Mania that one year. Yeah. That angle. The face-off with DX. Yeah, terrible moment. He took a bump. Yeah. Which was insane. We found out that DX gets Sean Waltman in the divorce. Yeah. Didn't... Sean superkicked Sting, right? Sean Michaels... Yeah, he did. Yes. In his in his weird, like, fishing boots. Sean Michaels is the worst dressed wrestler ever. Yes. Okay, so we talked about wrestlers who have iconic, fantastic... Sean's is iconic, just not in the right way. <laughs> looks, what is he... What is wrong with him? This is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, sexy boy. He's not your boy toy. In the in the 90s when Shawn was wearing, like, when he would be out of his ring gear, Bro. he dressed like fucking Frasier. It was like a big, yeah. like a big khaki blazer with a turtleneck underneath. You think about the fucking, like, the, the gif? Yes. The GIF? <laughs> yeah, or the gif, whatever it's called. Um, I know Shawn Michaels, again, not... Sometimes I with a wear... cowboy hat. Yes. Oh. Was... I would not wear what he wore... But I didn't think what he wore was, like, abysmal. Like, all right, that's, like, 1995 fashion. Fine. Somehow. Dressed like David Schwimmer. A little bit. We all did, though, back in the 90s. We all did. Even I did. I was, like, I was only six. But Sean's got the worst fashion. Can we talk about Kevin Nash's? His fubu and Tommy Hilfiger? <laughs> yes! Dude. The, the, the video I watched of the uh, NWO debut in WWF, he turns around at some point. To like address like the not the hard cam, and 
Tommy Hilfiger, right here. <laughs> his ass. I'm like, you love Tommy Hill. Does he have like a sponsorship with them? <laughs> we love Kevin Nash's gear. We love the FUBU shirts. We love the, sometimes he would have like a little beanie. Great. Or like one of those visors. Man, he's so great. Oh my God. When's the Kevin Nash episode? Kevin Nash episode. I think that's got to be next. We need to do a click episode. Yeah. Just incredible. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh-huh. The, the Portuguese man of war? Damn. Um, so, yeah, Scott Hall's sobriety uh, um, was tested, and he he got real bad the last couple of years. And so... I remember when Eddie Guerrero passed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people immediately assumed the worst, that he had relapsed. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that he didn't. It's just that... All um, the stuff that he was doing before yeah. caught up to him. And in another example of, you know, talking about this toxic culture of not mm-hmm. paying attention to the signs that your mind and body are giving you, yep. he was just ignoring it. Because you hear stories now about, like, he collapsed backstage yep. after a match or he was having mysterious flu-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, because his heart was failing. Yeah. But... And he didn't go to a doctor until it was too late, right? Well, he didn't go to a doctor and it was too late. But a lot of the discourse around that was people were afraid that Eddie had gotten his hands on, like he had relapsed sure. and had overdosed and had, you know, and that had caught up to him and killed him. And in fact, it, that isn't what happened. Um, his drug use did catch up to him, but it wasn't that he relapsed. Mm-hmm. But couched in all of that, you know, that talk about like, oh, I just hope he didn't relapse, mm-hmm. is this idea that relapsing is some type of failure and that it invalidates what progress that you had made. Yeah. You know, and I don't want anybody to think that the fact that Scott Hall turned to the one coping mechanism mm-hmm. that he had known his entire adult life mm-hmm. during, you know, the darkest time sure. of the last hundred years for a lot of fucking people. Yeah. It's very understandable. And I, I, I would hate for that to be framed as a failure as yeah. opposed to a very understandable fucking thing. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate for sure, but it absolutely does not invalidate the recovery that he made, it does not invalidate the time that he fought to get back. Mm -hmm. And it certainly doesn't invalidate any of the memories that he he gave us as fans. Mm -hmm. Also, I would say that it doesn't invalidate all the, you know, the efforts of all of his friends who for years and years and years were... Trying to get sure. Scott sober and, and that you know, that in particular I'm referring to like yeah, Kevin Nash. But I'm also referring to like Triple H. I mean like say what you want about Hunter, that guy. And and you know can I say? Yeah. Good for Triple H for retiring. Yeah. Not hiding his diagnosis yeah. and continuing yeah. to razzle. For sure. And and you know, the one the two things uh, the only thing that both his eyes had in common, which I didn't know about Scott at least, was that a, a family history of heart issues. Triple H we know now, like, because that's public knowledge, but... did Scott Hall's father die, like, relatively young? Yeah. And so, again, this doesn't mean, you know, what happened happened, and, like, you know, 
but Triple H is someone who everyone shits on for sometimes good reason. Mm-hmm. But the amount of times I'm sure that man has either offered or or Jeb paid for rehab for Scott, he didn't. I thought he didn't have to do it or whatever, but like shows you that all of his friends wanted him to 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 get clean, and he did. And then the the craziest shit that's happened in our lifetime, uh, at least like non foreign policy related, happened. And he was alone for how many years, basically, and it's fucked up. Um, yeah, especially if if his whole recovery was kind of based on this idea that, hey, you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. You don't have to swallow all of this pain. You can lean on other people. And then, you know, oops, there's a worldwide pandemic, and oops, you can't actually lean on anybody. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta wrap up soon, but yeah. I do want to also touch on the fact that. Scott Hall meant a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. As you know, I'm all over wrestling Reddit, Squared you Circle. Right? And the number of posts that I saw mm-hmm. from people who were not even wrestling fans, but were popping in to share stories that they had about mm-hmm. Scott Hall. There was one guy who was in rehab with Scott Hall. Wow. Who did not even know he was a wrestler. There's a guy who was like... Um, had been in a car accident or something, like mm-hmm. had driven his car into a telephone pole or something. He was suicidal. Some kind of, you know, horrible breakup he'd been through yeah. and convinced that life wasn't worth living. And Scott, in the whatever two weeks or three weeks that they were in there, mm-hmm. Scott kind of took this kid under his wing and gave him perspective and be like, listen, man, mm-hmm. you got to try it. You can't give in. You have to do your best to get past this because mm-hmm. there's good stuff. Um, and that's what the point of this is, is to get to the good stuff. Sure. And this guy was like, Scott Hall essentially saved my life. And I didn't even find out until years later that he was a wrestler. And there were people who talked about him staying late for signings Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, always making time at airports. Like the man. When he, when he was the best him seems like, yeah. Was was like one of the better people you, you would get to meet. There were a couple of Scott Hall uh, uh, um, tributes after he died. Uh, Kevin Owens, first thing on Raw that was said in the ring was, hey yo. Um, Damien Priest was doing, I think he did the uh, Razor's Edge. Damien Priest is a very interesting kind of, a lot of people said Carlito. Back in the day, mm. as a successor character to Razor Ramon. Sure. Not obviously as serious a, a threat as mm. Razor, but Damien Priest I could see in a very different way the legacy of Scott Hall sure. in that character. Even in NXT, he was... Goth Hall. Goth Hall, that's good. He was doing the fucking... I mean, in NXT, he was kind of Scott Hall-ish. In, in, in his gear, his... Uh, the vest. The vest, obviously the finishing move. Yep. Um... And so, I mean, I don't think he's uh, as interesting as Scott Hall, but... I mean, who me. is? Part of, uh, part of the, the, the weird greatness of Scott Hall and mm-hmm. the weird mystery of Scott Hall is how good he was at all this stuff. Yeah. And how it kind of gets forgotten mm-hmm. because of, unfortunately, all of, the, all of the discourse around his personal issues, but... Man, Scott Hall was so good at all parts of this. Yeah. I mean, if you had to, if you had to use the Bret Hart scale, 
I he's mean, twenty. He's at least twenty. At least twenty. Yeah. At least twenty, maybe twenty-five. We didn't you know? mention. Uh, he's the guy who came up with the crow sting. Yeah, crow sting. We have to talk about that. We at least wouldn't for... have dog dick sting if we didn't have Scott Hall. Which, by the way, if there's no crow sting, is sting still, still anything in 2022? No. Yeah. That, and that's so wild that he learned that from from Scarface. Yeah. Like, was just watching a movie yeah, yeah. and was like, this could be a wrestling character. Was watching, like, fucking HBO at home, yeah. watched The Crow, and showed up and, and found his his work friend, Steve, and was like, "Yeah, you ever see this movie, The Crow? <laughs> and then apparently, like, breathlessly summarized the plot of The Crow to Sting. <laughs> like, if you can even imagine that's such amazing. a thing. Like, bro, you gotta see this movie, The Crow. So I want to I want to end this uh, end this episode yeah. and maybe it's cheesy and maybe it's maudlin and maybe it's whatever mm-hmm. but when Scott Hall was inducted into the Hall of Fame or yeah. Razor Ramon whatever you want to say sure. was inducted into the Hall of Fame you remember the sign off that he said at the end of, of his course. speech yeah it still gives me chills yeah it's fucking great very good yeah hard work pays off dreams come true bad times don't last but bad guys that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, did I get it? Probably. Yeah, hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. That's exactly what I said. Except you didn't do a Scott Hall voice. Yeah, I'm not doing a Scott Hall voice. I can't even do a me voice. <laughs> Man, I feel like I feel like we didn't. There's so much to talk about that we didn't talk about next week. Scott Hall part two. No, I'm not gonna do part two of Scott Hall. But there's so much cool stuff. There's the. Uh, um, we talked about him calling Eric Bischoff Ken doll. We didn't talk about him saying, you want a war? We didn't talk about the fact that him doing the Razor Ramon voice, you know, was referenced in a lawsuit. Yep. Because they said he couldn't do a Cuban accent yep. because the Cuban... And then that led to fucking fake Razor Ramon and yep. fake Diesel. God, there's so much to talk about. Listen... There'll be another Scott Hall episode, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he'll come up again in the future, but especially when, we, when we're going to be do, if we ever do a a Nash or a Click episode, like yeah. it, he's so in, in, intertwined there. So, but the important thing to know, yep, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Hey yo. <laughs>